For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is good, Thunder fans? Oh my gosh! Oh, we that was going awesome. to Game Seven. It We're was so dope. We're going to Game Seven. Uh, I am the host tonight, uh, Maddie Moles, and joining me from the great state of Oklahoma, Alex Roy. Uh, how are you doing tonight, man? I am. I am pumped. I uh, I have adrenaline coursing through my veins. I have not, I have not felt this feeling in years as far as like a basketball game and a basketball game that matters. Um, it's just, it was great, man. It was great. You know, I, this team, it's, it's, it's this team, like you go into it and, you know, I'm a, like, I, like I said before, I'm a pessimist at heart. And after mm-hmm. game five, the way we lost game five, you know, we got a lot of young players on our team and, and usually the moment is too big for them, especially on this stage. Um, yeah. And, you know, for, for some parts of the game, the moment was a little bit bigger, you know, for them, especially SGA. You know, that's something that we'll talk about, la- you know, later in this podcast. But, um, but Chris Paul, man. Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari in the first half, um, and then Chris Paul in the second half. So our two veterans bookended um, a game that we needed, an elimination game. Um, and it was it was amazing to see. Oh my gosh, man! Like, oh, so so you're saying these feelings like you can't fight these feelings anymore? No, I can't. I've forgotten what I started fighting for. This freaking squad, bro! Like, I said it at the beginning of the season. This may not be the most talented Thunder roster we've had, but this may end up being the best Thunder team collectively, how they work together, how they are in the clutch, all of the things. This may be the best Thunder team we've had in a long time since we were up 3-1 to the Warriors. So, like, this squad, if it gets muddy and it gets late and it's close, it's curtains. Like, this is the squad, like, you don't want to see no. in a close game within the final five minutes. Especially I mean- without – Oh my gosh, man! I, I mean, so in this in this game, like you would have thought that the veteran-laden team would be the one that would not make the mistakes at the end. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're the ones that, yeah, you know, Chris Paul was handling the ball most of the time, but man, that fourth quarter we had contributions from Lou Dort. We had oh contributions from Darius Baisley. You know, we had contributions from, you know, just. A whole bunch of young players. Like even, I mean, Terrence Ferguson didn't do good in the first half. He did not. Nah. But 
we needed him in there. We needed a body in there. We needed to throw somebody out there that could defend a little bit. Um, and, yeah, he defended a little bit. He threw up some horrible shots. I don't know what is going on with his confidence. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think the Terrence Ferguson experiment is over with as far yeah. as after this season. Um, but, hey, he went in there. He defended. He, you know, he, he was long and perimeter long, and that's what we needed him to be for about five, six minutes, and he did that. Uh, but this freaking team, like you say, man, this freaking team, it has so much heart, man. Like this, this team reminds me of Thunder U. You know, this team yeah. reminds me of 2010, 2011, 2012. You know, those, just those, those times whenever these, these guys were, were starting to realize that they're good, uh, starting to realize that they can, they, can make it, you know, they can make a dent in this league. Um, and so they played with a ton of heart back then. And, and you know, it's, as you get to become superstars, that – I don't know what I want to call it, but that, that feeling kind of goes away and you become – you become the hunt. You become the hunted instead of the hunters. Like this team still feels like they're the hunter, the hunted. Um, and so you know, underdog type mentality. It's just great, man. It's it's great. And you know, everything everything that this team has been up to this point, they're still that. They're still that team. I mean, you say the thunder. You part. The thing that's different is the veterans that we have mm-hmm. um, to help make us competitive and bridge it before uh before we you know we start to be competitive with their younger guys now i don't know about our younger guys having the talent level that you know we thought jeff green had right definitely kevin durant russell westbrook and then james harden like those guys obviously well documented all their talent but these young guys are working together and they're working and filling their role sga Kind of had somewhat of a lackluster night, but when he when he pushed forward and he he was aggressive, um, he it worked out for him a little bit. But Baisley was super active on both ends of the floor. Um, he was a spark that we needed at a time when we absolutely needed somebody to come in, a uh, big guy to come in and kind of alter the game a little bit, um, and and that that really helped too. So uh, I, I really I think that this helped our guys grow a lot. I don't think that the stage is too big for SGA necessarily last year. I mean, he was a rookie going up against the Warriors led by Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like this, this Rockets team is nothing compared to what he had to go against last season. So, um, so I don't think it's too big for SGA, but we had to, we had to listen to like the last whole quarter last game. Well, Chris Paul's going to need to tell these guys just one game, and I wonder how kind of a, what kind of a bounce back this team's going to have, and I wonder how mentally resilient they're going to be, and blah, 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 right? For a whole quarter, we had to hear the same statement over and over and over and over and over again. Team's resilient. I could just, it, I could just, it's the I most resilient like team in the NBA. Chris Weber saying that over and over and over. And I'm just like, I'm like, you know what? It is just one game. They got hot. We – we made a bunch of bonehead plays. We had a long stretch of time where they just dominated the game and we couldn't get back in. And then it got ugly. Like that's, it happens in the NBA sometimes that way. It, ha- right? it happens with that team. Yeah. Houston, Houston is just, you know, Houston is feast or famine sometimes. And, and when they're feasting, they're feasting. They're know? feasting. 
as we saw in games one and two to start the series and then how game five went uh, when they needed to get going, all their guys were hitting threes. This game wasn't the case. Like guys weren't hitting threes and um, Rocco excluded. Right. And then a flail at the end of the first half. He's been crazy these last two games. He's been, he's been great and he's been in the right position and he's been open and we haven't had an answer on the pick and roll and the extended offense uh, in the shell game. We haven't been able to figure that out with him. Tucker's still missing from the corner uh, with good consistency. Jeff Green stopped killing us a lot. Um, guys like Macklemore aren't even getting burned right now. Like some of those Austin house, Rivers, did, did Austin Rivers even play? He played for a couple minutes, I think, and it didn't work out. And then um, House couldn't get it cooking either. He, he shot a couple of uh, like off balance kind of deep, Eric Gordon deep shots. Eric is inconsistent. And out of control. I mean, yeah. like, and then, uh, I mean, pretty much it was Russ getting in the paint and hitting shots, and then it was Harden hitting timely shots, you know, as they needed them. Harden was great tonight, um, all things considered. But, yeah, overall, much better performance from us defensively. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of we'll go in here. What were your takeaways from the first half? We'll, we'll kind of go through the game that, that way real quick, and then – We'll talk about our overall thoughts. So first half of the game, uh, OKC was down by one at the end of one, 25 to 24. And then they were down 51 to 48 with uh, Gordon uh, three-pointer on the side uh, as time was expiring um, to go up by three at the, end, at the end of the first half. What were your thoughts of that first half? Um, so, so my thoughts were... It, might, it may have been a blessing that Dort got his third foul with six minutes left in the first quarter. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, it, 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 it forced us to play faster. It forced us to put, you know, more of our offensively skilled players into it. So, Schroeder, um, you know, Baisley got a little bit more burn. Terrence Ferguson got in there. And, you know, it just, it just forced us to play differently. Um, it forced – it, it gave Houston a new look defensively as far as who was guarding Harden. And I thought Schroeder, like Chris Paul, you know, I'm, I may be spoiling it for later in the podcast, but Chris Paul is probably the, the player of the game. Um, oh, but, man. I think, <laughs> but, but I think um, as far as the glue guy of the game, I, I think that had to be Schroeder because Schroeder, he defended Harden so well. Like he got into his space. He he, he gave him a new look. Like I, I think I think Dort he, bodies him a lot more, and Schroeder can't do that. So Schroeder has to kind of speed him. He has to and he athleticize him. And he didn't like punch anybody in the groin today. So like it worked out really good. No, not today. Not today. So hey, <laughs> today was a good day for all the balls, you know, for the Houston Rockets. Um, but, yeah, so I, I thought that was one of, the, one of the things that kind of stood out to me in the first half was Dort sitting out and us having to do something different. And then secondly, I thought that, you know, I put out a tweet early in the game whenever Gallinari had missed, like, already two shots. I said he just needs to see one go in. He needs to see either a free throw go in. He needs to see a fast break layup. He needs something to go in. Um, and you know, lo and behold, he he got a uh, I think it was an offensive rebound or something like that, or or he drove the ball to the basket, 
and it was just an ugly, clunky layup like he usually does, but he made it. And so that went in. And so his the next time down, I think, or the next couple times down, he tried a three-pointer, that went in. And so he kept us in that game in, in the first half. Like his ability to stretch the floor, his ability to hit threes, um, really helped us out and really helped us to kind of bridge any type of offensive gap that we, we had in the previous game. Um, so that was much needed. I think Steven Adams did a great job just doing what he does. I, I think he did a great job of just being physical, just being on the inside, you know, directing traffic as far as being like a, a point center. You know, sometimes, you know, Oklahoma City has made it a kind of a habit to kind of get him the ball higher in the uh, up top and him able to kind of direct traffic and him able to kind of, you know, the guards go around him and kind of cause confusion. And so, you know, I thought they did a great job with that. So first half, I think, you know, between Gallinari and between us being forced to play a lot more, a lot quicker and with a lot more offensive firepower out there, I think it actually worked to our advantage. Yeah. It, rotations were a little weird tonight with Ferg. Uh, mm-hmm. he, had to, he had to play, right? Although I think at some point, like, Diallo would have been able to provide as much as um, Ferg did. But it was like, man, I, I just going back over my tweets because, you know, that's the receipts. Um, <laughs> the refs, it seemed really tough early on for us, right? There was a play where Shea drove in and he had it on the left side and he finished with his left hand, but the ball, like, it had no arc on it because somebody jostled him after he took off. They hit him, they kind of undercut him and pushed him to the side. And he didn't get a call and somehow the ball went in. Like it, it hit the back back of the rim and rolled around and then went in. Um, which was great. Like I, I was like, oh man, he's assertive this game, like it's gonna work out. Like he's this is gonna be his game. Like I could just see it. Didn't quite work out that way. Um and then the shot that you're talking about uh with Danilo Gallinari needing to see it go in, he had the ball like right underneath the basket and was gonna go back up, uh gonna go up for you know, a, a put in and he, the same thing happened to him. Somebody undercut him and got him off mm-hmm. the, off the spot and no, no, no foul call. Yeah. It was Harden. But right. Right. Except Harden, the very next possession takes the ball all the way down the court and like starts stumbling from the elbow flailing and everything. And like, he completely lost control, just flailing. And they're like, Oh, well foul. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Wouldn't that that, and, that was Dort that was Dort's third foul? Yeah, and that like, I mean, come on, like it's one thing if like feet get kind of tangled up because that seems to happen to all our guys and it never gets called. Dude was just like out of control. Like he took yeah. a a page out of like Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker's uh, playbook, just flailing out of control, being crazy, and he ended up getting the getting the foul call, and then he got to the line and hit both free throws to kind of start getting himself going. And it, that really drove me nuts because he also had a play early on where he clearly led with his elbow. Like the intention was for his elbow to go directly into Steven Adams chest to create separation. And like, it's a clear out, right? Like that's should, that's an offensive foul. That should have been, it should have been. And Potentially, they could have even looked at it to see if it was a hostile act. 
with how this series has gone. And they got nothing. Like, it wasn't even looked at. No foul call, and then wasn't even looked at. And so it's like our biggest our biggest advantage, pun intended, is Steven Adams. And so he caught an elbow into the ribs early on in the game. Fortunately, he stayed in, and he was able to battle, and, and we needed him to. Um, but that was a pivotal play early, and I was just like, man, like, these refs are just not – seeing it i gotta give him credit like in the second half things tightened up a bit and we were able to get some trips to the line but it's because we did the work and we got there it wasn't like we were gifted anything in that second half um from the refs for sure um so it it was it was a scrappy half we started off slow we were playing decent defense but we just couldn't get a whole lot going offensively until danilo gallinari started cooking a little bit um and that'll take us into the second half. So OKC went down. They were down by three going into the third. And then we I, actually – say this. Go ahead. Quick. So I, I think – so the game so the game that we were looking for in game five where Westbrook coming into the lineup may have messed with the chemistry. Yes. I think that happened in game six. I don't, I don't think – I think game five – I think Houston was had momentum from the beginning, and I, I don't think they necessarily needed Westbrook to be Westbrook. Just having his presence out there kind of boosted their confidence and boosted their um, their morale a little bit. Um, having a couple days, a couple more days off, maybe helped them, you know, get their their little scrapes and little nicks and bruises healed up a little bit better. So game five, I think. So game six, especially the first half was what I was expecting in game five. But in game six, what I noticed was that, um, so number one, R- Russell Westbrook is still is still rusty. You know, he's still very rusty and um, chemistry-wise and, you know, just having that timing down with his teammates was a little bit off. And so that helped us. And I believe he had, a, you know, two or three turnovers in that first half. Um, you know, to where they said, I believe Houston was the team that was committing the least turnovers in the playoffs at about 11. Mm-hmm. And by the time they got to the third quarter, they were already at 12. You know, so it was one of those things where defensively, I think we kicked it up a notch, but also offensively, Houston, I think they were a little bit um, off. And so that really helped us to kind of stay within the, you know, in the game um, and not get too far out into those eight-point deficits, six-point deficits that quickly turn into nine, 10, and then 11, 12. Um, so that really mm-hmm. helped us out. So moving on to the second half. Yeah, and uh, I'll take this this time. Shout out to Jerry. I'm just opening a truly hard lemonade. Uh, so I'll go ahead and pour this guy out as we get ready to talk about the second half. So um, OKC didn't have any time in the first half where they just went completely, completely stagnant. I mean, the, the offense was muddled, but they were also mm-hmm. playing really good defense and locked in. Um, in the second half, they had a couple of spurts where things didn't quite go so, so well for them. But how, however, uh, we were up by two points at the end of the third quarter. How do you think that OKC uh, came out of the half? I think they came out of the half horrible. So, I mean, as far as, like, 
So one of the biggest things that I was looking for coming out of halftime is how would we respond to the usual third quarter run that Houston puts on us at the beginning of the third quarter? And they did it again. You know, I believe it was a 7-0 run or 8-0 run, something like that. And, you know, we were down by nine, ten points very early in that third quarter. Uh, but I think we responded very well. I think, um, you know, we buckled down defensively. Uh, I think having Dort out there and, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't put back in in that, in that first half, I don't, I don't believe. Um, and so mm-hmm. him out there just being able to play freely and play his game um, really helped him to kind of guard Harden as best as he could. Um, and I think just, you know, our fight, our fight, you know, especially in those, in those third quarters, we've seen us down by 15, 14 points, you know, come back to, to close it within one by the end of the quarter. We've seen, you know, we've seen this happen time and time again. Um, and so, you know, third quarter was just was one of those things where we kept on battling, we kept on fighting and, you know, we'd be down five, we'd be down three, then we'd go back down by five, you know, hit a three, mm-hmm. we're down by two, that type of stuff. Um, so, I mean, it was, it's the fight. It's the fight of this team. So there's a pivotal point that I would like to, to show that happened in that third quarter. Um, there was, there was a time where OKC fell down, um, 58 to 49, right? And it it was that time where I was thinking, okay, the third quarter, like OKC, they they got blown out in game five in the third quarter. That's what changed the tide for everything. Um, it it just it it was I was very nervous at this point. Um, but there was one critical thing that happened. So OKC went into the locker room down 51 to 48 they weren't able to score do you remember what their first point was in the second half no i don't it was it was a danilo gallinari technical foul shot he was shot a free right. throw after james harden picked up the tech mm-hmm. we got nothing going to start the second half and now granted it was a technical foul and then um Danilo Garnari had a personal foul, but Harden kept barking at the refs and got got a tech called on him. Danilo made his free throw. Okay, we've scored our first point to kind of get us going. Yes, Harden scored a layup at that point, right, to put them up by nine. But then OKC battled back. So we had Dort making uh, – he made a, a, a five-footer. Gallinari um, hit a three right after that. So, like – we went on kind of a, you know, a, qu- a small run to kind of close up that nine-point gap um, and, and get going a little bit. Who knows what happens if Gallinari isn't able to take that one free throw and kind of stabilize, stabilize us a little bit. Um, yeah. it, it's weird. It's a little thing. It's with 10 minutes and 50 seconds left or uh, in the – excuse me, 1040 left in the third quarter. So like a lot of time left, but OKC was so flat coming out of the half. 
He yeah, made that kinda, free throw and stabilize, stabilized us, and then we got going a little bit. I kind of want us to remember that, that technical um, because it seemed like the technical fouls kind of worked in our favor this, this game. Um, not just those against Houston, but also maybe kind of spurring momentum in our, in our favor. Like you always hear about technicals and you're like, you know, where you hope that fires up, you know, fires up the team. I, I think that fired up a particular person who got a technical later in the game and um, kind of led us to victory. Mm-hmm. And, and so Danilo Gallinari, right? We mentioned he got a slow start and he just needed to see one go in. In the second half, he got to see one go in. Um, then another one. <laughs> then another and then, and so, okay, Gordon made two free throws, right? And put them up 60 to 54. And I'm not doing a play-by-play for everything, but it's kind of a pivotal part, right? Because everything could have unraveled for us at this point. Right after that, um, not right after, several minutes of play uh, or a minute of play, um, several misses down each side. Covington made a three-pointer, right? Harden got an assist. It was one of those plays that Shea played a little too far off of Covington, um, and the ball hit Covington on the wing, and Covington was able to drain it and put them back wide open. Completely open. Nobody was within like eight or nine feet of them, right? So 63 to 54. Okay, here we go again. Except immediately after that, on that trip down the floor, Danilo Gallinari hit a three. And it was like, okay. We're still in this thing. Like, they're not going on a run. We're going to be stabilized. And then Danilo Gallinari, uh, 37 seconds later, hits another three to cut it to three. And, and it's like, okay, Gallinari is obviously leading us in this, in this second half, at least to start. We're okay. We're able to weather two, two extensions of nine-point leads for the Rockets. We're still in this thing. And so um, – Gallinari stabilized us and was able to get us back into this thing. Chris Paul was just incredible to end the first or in the third quarter. And then all the way through the fourth, um, just, just incredible. But there are, there are two shots. There are, well, there are three baskets that I would like to highlight. So OKC uh, was OKC was down 75 to 69 with 334 left after Harden made a three and then a driving layup. So Harden had five, five quick points to push the Rockets out to a six point lead. Who do you think took over offensively for us at that point? Hmm. The D man. The D man. Lou Gents Dort. Like That's that what I'm guy. saying. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I've never heard you talk to him about it like that. But, but yeah. Hey, he, he brings the D. He's a, cl- he's a crowd pleaser. Lou Gents, Lou. man. You, you just have, you have to talk about this man's heart. Like his, his ability to just kind of brush away the abomination that was last game. And just go ahead and, you know what, in the first half also, he, he shot a three and it didn't go in. He, you know, offensively, he's so raw. He's so raw offensively. And, yeah, if you're, if, you're, if, if you're a defensive team, if you're a team 
you can take advantage of that. And so Houston has been kind of taking advantage of that. But, you know, this game, he didn't settle. That's the important mm-hmm. thing. He, did, he didn't settle. He kind of noticed, okay, they're, they're going to leave an amount of space. I can gain momentum from that amount of space and go ahead and drive to the basket and create things that way. And so that first had, shot that he made was, it was a layup. Like it was like one of those kind of like Euro steppy type bump and then shoot and he made it. He went up and he went up with, with authority and um, Covington came out at him. Like Covington jumped mm-hmm. out. And so he ended up going into the body of Covington, sustaining really that, good. sustaining that blow and being able to, as he's coming back down, shoot shoot it off the glass and it went in with yep. with ease like it it i mean you could tell like that's that's in his repertoire that's something he works on consistently the amount of strength first of all and the amount of skill second of all that you have to have to be able to even pull that off with covington coming at you and hitting you with all that force and that also wasn't called by the way that they didn't mm-hmm. call any foul on that um that i mean that was very that was awesome. So that happened with 2.30 left. Um, Baisley got the assists there. Uh, and then, oh, man, within the next uh, minute and a half, he hit two more shots that were critical. Two threes. Back to freaking back. So uh, Dennis Schroeder assisted – on on a shot on the wing or in the corner actually this one was in the corner that was was the corner one yes and he nailed it and then the very next trip down the floor after okc um ended up forcing a jeff green miss jeff green forced a miss or got a miss pj tucker got an offensive rebound eric gordon out of bounds lost ball turnover they brought covington back in and then with a minute two left, Dort drains another one, assisted by Baisley, to put yeah, OKC up by two. Take us so to that this, play. So this play, so I believe it was, it, I believe it was a, a, a pick and roll with, uh, with Chris Paul and Baisley. Baisley was able to slip that pick, and he was in the middle, you know, in the paint all by himself. He got the ball. He kind of fumbled it a little bit. Um, and he looked around, and he looked in the corner first. And I forgot who was in the corner, but I, be- I believe they were covered. But then he looked at the wing, and Dort was there all by himself. Threw it to Dort. No hesitation at all. This kid went up and splashed the three. Like, his threes his threes are literally feast or famine. Like, they either clank or they swish through like angels just put it through the rim. And so <laughs> it just swished through, man. It was, it was, it was great, man. I was, I was in my living room. You know, all my kids are asleep, and, you know, I'm in the living room by myself, but I wanted to yell out just this primal yell, man, because, like, I feel so good for him. I feel so good, number one. we, You know, yes. we, we took the lead again, I think, on that play. or, or you By know, two points, whatever. yeah, 77 to 75. But, man, just the, the confidence this has to give this kid, man. It's just it's, – it's amazing. It, it was awesome. Lou himself closed the quarter out for us going on an 8-0 run. Yeah. How about that? How, How about, about that? Hey, D'Antoni, you like apples? How about that? How you like them apples? That's right. <laughs> Lou, 
that's that's my boy, man. Keep shooting. Like, do your thing because they're going to play off of you. Some of those shots, I agree, you know, don't look great because they're a bit rushed. There have been – there were like two of those shots, though, tonight that I thought – I thought especially one of them, it like hit like everywhere in the rim and bounced out. Like, keep Mm -hmm. shooting. And you know what? Chris Paul, after the game, said – you know, uh, they asked him, like, what did he say anything to, to Lou after game five? He said, yes, keep shooting. I'm going to roll with you until the wheels fall off. So That's Chris a Paul. That's a leader. For all those people that said Chris Paul was just going to mail it in and collect that check and he wasn't invested and we had a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs because they thought he was going to cause all kinds of divisiveness in the locker room and maybe he's a cancer and who knows what's going on with that guy and he, he's not going to be willing to mentor young guys. Man, every single narrative about him going into this season has just been debunked. Like, yep. it's been fake news. That guy's been bought in. He's, he's mentored these young kids. You know, uh, they, they said, you know, speak to a young man as, as, as he can be, and there he will be. And, and it's yep. like, yo, Chris Paul spoke it into existence for Lou, and Lou came up with the most pivotal – Pivotable, uh, eight. I can't even say that word right now. Pivotal, <laughs> pivotable, pivotable, pivotal, eight points in the entire game that we needed, and we needed it to close that out to give us momentum going into the fourth quarter. A nice, a nice, uh, nice shot that should have been an and one, and then back to back threes to at least force the Rockets to double take when he's yeah. when he's by uh, out there, which is like the main point of the entire exercise of having him shoot way to go, Chris. Like you told him to keep shooting. He kept shooting and it actually got us some momentum going into that fourth quarter. So that's that third quarter we spent a lot of time on, but it's only because that's been our biggest, biggest problem area in this series. They've been able to run away with stuff in the third quarter. And then we haven't been able to, to make it work. We're no longer just, I think, Go ahead. I think TNT put up a stat where, like, we've been outscored by, like, 21 points in third quarter, like 38 to 17 or something like that. Uh, yeah, third quarters have been our Achilles heel. It's always been our Achilles heel. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the history of o- the Oklahoma City Thunder, it seems like the third quarter has always, always been our Achilles heel. Um, but this team battled back, and, you know, if you go into the fourth quarter against the Thunder and we're close – it's going to be a game. And so we got into the fourth quarter and OKC was humming. Okay. So it was 75 to 77 going into the fourth quarter. Schroeder made two free throws. Jeff Green made a three. Okay. We, we live with that, right? Schroeder made a layup. Chris Paul hit a mid range. Chris Paul hit a mid range. We were up 85 to 78. This is the point where I was like, look, OKC can put the foot on the gas. We can push this thing out to 10, maybe 15. We can get, you know, maybe some breathing room. We have got to hit a big shot. We come up with a stop on defense. Uh, Harden missed the seven-footer. And then Baisley got a defensive rebound. And we were able to go down, and we got Dennis Schroeder the widest open three that he could ever shoot from the wing. And he missed it. And then what yeah, happened yeah. immediately after that? 0 for 5 in this game. Russ took the – Harden got the rebound, gave it to Russ, and Russ, eight seconds later, uh, made a driving layup. 
And it was like, oh crap. Like that was the point where we could have opened it up. And yet Russ ends up going down and getting a transition bucket. And that's a five point swing in a game that we, that we really need. Obviously it's an, it's an, as uh, how, did, how did Dylan put it in elimination game? Thanks chats. Yeah. Uh, elimination <laughs> game. Uh, I, I got what you meant, man. I know you're listening to this. You got a little flack on Twitter. I knew what you meant, but now it's an elimination <laughs> game for the Rockets. Anyways. Um, yep. So Baisley ended up, Coming back though, after that on our next, uh, on two, two trips after that, it made a three pointer, which Lou got the assist. So Lou hit an assist to, to Baisley, two of our young guys to put us back up by eight. So, so I, I, I want to I say something about that. So I think, I, I think at this point in the game, I was just looking out there on the floor and it was, it was Shay, Baisley, and Dort out there in the middle of the fourth quarter in a game six elimination game. I mean, just imagine the amount of experience and the amount of just learning the game that these guys are getting. Like, it's literally been it, – it's a, it's a lesson every game. Like, every game the stakes get higher and higher and higher. Uh-huh. Like, and the, the other – the stakes now for game seven, they're high for both teams. This is an elimination game for both teams. Um, and so, you know, having those guys out there at the same time, you know, they were out there, I believe, with Noel and with Schroeder. And just, mm-hmm. man, literally it's two rookies and a second-year player that's supposed to be our superstar, you know, our future superstar, just getting all that knowledge and getting all that, you know, all that experience. And it's just like, it was, it was, it was great just looking at that and just knowing – you know, you know what, even if we lose this game, damn, you know, so much experience, so much, so much thing, so much gained from this game. Absolutely. And it was a really critical point. And we were actually able to extend the lead with Chris Paul out. Chris Paul played in 40 minutes. He played this game for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's a dude that's like been in the league forever. 40 minutes. How many minutes are in a basketball game? 48? 48. Like that's not that's not a lot of rest for a dude that, that's been yeah. in the league this long, right? And, and so and we, and we needed him in the game for every one of those minutes that he was out there. Every one of those minutes, but this little stretch here where they were able to do that um, was was critical. So Basley hit that three. We had a chance to extend this thing out to ten. We could have gone on a run. They hit a three, and we or they hit a layup, and we come right back and hit a three. And so OKC was up 88 to 80 at this point with 9.33 left. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, now is a time where, you know, we have to sustain because Houston's going to go on a run. Yeah, they're going to go on a run. We knew that. Unfortunately, it was time for them to go on that run. So uh, they got hard – let's see – Covington came back and answered with a three. Uh, Harden made one free throw, then two free throws. Chris Paul made a three-pointer. So, okay, we're sustained here. Covington, Tucker, Covington, Gordon. Next thing you know, the Rockets are up 94-91 to with 534 left. I got worried. 
Yeah, Gallinari came in for Chris Paul with 6'10 left. And typically in our rotations at this point, Chris Paul would have sat for about, about two and a half minutes, right? Two and a half minutes, maybe three, depending on how things would have gone and finished out the game with three or four minutes left. That, that couldn't happen. Literally, uh, the Thunder were able to get a full timeout after Gordon made a layup to go up 94 to 91. It was at this point, it was like, I even tweeted, I was like, Chris Paul needs to come back in. Like, there's, he's got to come back in and we got to just roll with what we got, right? Chris Paul came back in immediately after that and played the final 533 and ended up playing 40 full minutes uh, in this game. Like, incredible effort by Chris Paul. He, he came out, he went out at 610 and came back in at 533. Now, luckily, playoffs, you've got TV timeouts. Full timeouts, you know, for teams, yeah, he, especially at this he got, point. He, he got five to seven minutes of rest. Right. But even still, like, this was the pivotal moment. And you know what? Oh, I said it right that time. And Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan saw that and was like, no, we got to get Chris right back in this game. Yeah. We have to get him right back in this game. And so, like, that was Billy, that was Billy Donovan. B- Billy Donovan made an adjustment. He made an adjustment. He made, he said, you know what? We're rolling with our guys. And, and this is the thing. Um, at 4.55, uh, Lou Dort left the game. Dennis Schroeder came back in. OKC is the most clutch team in the NBA when the game is within five, within five minutes. Right after that, James Harden made a, made a three-pointer to put the Rockets up 97 to 92. Was that the corner three? The step back corner three? Um, yes. Yeah. That, that was, was just yeah. that was I just fe- insane. I, fe- I felt that one. I I thought, uh oh, like this just feels like a superstar taking over. Yep. Here we go, right? But it's the definition of clutch. 97-92 games within five, 450 left. Harden made a tech, right? He, he made a technical free throw, ended up – because Chris Paul got after it. Um, it was the offensive foul on Dennis Schroeder that he got pissed off on. Could have been an and one. I don't know. It was pretty bang, bang, but I think Jeff Green maybe got there right as Dennis Tucker. was getting ready to take off. Or Tucker, excuse me. So at it was this great, point – It was a great play by Tucker. It was a great play by Tucker. It, it, it was a charge, you know, as far as – I mean – Pretty bang, bang. Got to give it to the refs. Like, it could have gone either way. I wasn't too mad. Yeah. But Chris Paul was pissed and picked up a technical, and Harden put him up 98 to 92. So the most clutch player in the NBA, he had the most clutch points when a game is within five with five minutes left, got a technical foul and gave up a point. But Chris Paul is the most clutch player in the NBA, that his name is Clutch Paul when it gets into the situation. And then dude took over. 27-foot three-pointer and 26-foot step-back three-pointer to tie it up. Like, yeah, this is that – was, that was the uh, – that was the technical that I think kind of, you know, it, it, it gave the team something to fight for. Like, they were pissed off. That, you know, they thought that should have been an and one. 
you know, they thought that that should have been the the momentous swing that they needed. And instead, instead of it being, you know, a three-point swing towards us, it becomes a one-point swing towards Houston. Um, you know, basically a four-point swing for Houston because mm-hmm. uh, they hit that free throw. So I think they got pissed off. I think they got mad at that point, and they got this, you know, this angry determination, especially Chris Paul. He's like, okay, you're going to do that. I'm going to show you what I can do. And he did it. He did his damn thing. And so after Harden made his free throw, Rockets got the ball. Harden missed a 27-footer. Yo, Chris Paul skied as high as I've ever seen him jump for a defensive (laughs) rebound to get us going back the other way. And then then I'm at – Oh my gosh. Like I didn't know he could jump that high. Like he jumped so high that you would have thought he was trying to catch a Russell Westbrook alley-oop like yep, from the all-star game. So high. And, <laughs> and so at that point he was like locked in like the technical foul, like whatever that was like locked him in. And then he hit back to back three pointers. And it was like, we've got a freaking chance. Yes. You've got a yeah, chance. Man. Like it was, it was it was a slow moving thing. Like you saw it developing. You saw it brew, mm-hmm. you know, you saw it brewing up, bubbling up. Um, and man, he hit that first three pointer. Okay. He came back down. There was no doubt in my mind that he's gonna shoot mm-hmm. that that next three pointer. And it went again. Like tied the game. I think there's a minute left or a minute something. No, there was there was a minute thirty left because that's another play that I want to get on. We get to um, about a yeah. minute 30. So Russ, uh, or excuse me, Chris Paul made his, made his three with 257 left to tie it 98-98. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul, on the very next possession, got a steal and missed a layup. And then it was a series of misses that ultimately ended up with, um, so you're talking about uh, Russell Westbrook play on the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Westbrook, he he Westbrook. It was it was it was worse, Brook. Uh, at yeah, that point. It, was, it was it was a little bit of a poetic justice, I think. Um, you know, we've seen so many years of Russell Westbrook. He has the best intentions. Do not get me wrong. He really does mm-hmm. have the best intentions, uh, but. I think during the regular season, you can impose your will on a game. Um, but I think in the playoffs, you can be a detriment to your team if you try to impose your will too much. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think in, that fi- in those final 90 seconds, I think Russell Westbrook t- tried to impose his will a little bit too much. I don't know if it was – you know, with Russell, sometimes you have to – with him, you have to look at the game within the game. And I don't mm-hmm. know if he saw his opportunity to go ahead and eliminate his old team. I don't know if he saw any of that. Um, but those final 90 seconds, he had two extremely costly turnovers mm-hmm. and, a, and an air ball. An air ball yeah. mid-range jumper. So, yeah, man, that was – it was – like, I'll be honest with you, it was hard to see from my end because – it almost it almost felt like you know looking at the athlete who is starting to go down athletically, 
and I don't, and I, and I know Russell's not there. I know he's not there yet. I know, and, and I know he's probably still injured a little bit. And rusty. Know, but, and rusty. Yeah, exactly. But it just kind of felt that way. It kind of felt like looking at your hero and, and like seeing him at the end of his career and like, ooh, this is, you know, it's like Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Now, Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan could still get somebody. <laughs> like, yeah, he'll get no, you. But, but Russ, he, he drove it out of control at this point and lost the ball. Chris Paul was able to get the steal. And then we got back in transition. Steven Adams had like 48 chances to tip the ball in (laughs) to give us the advantage. And he couldn't get it done. Mm -hmm. And Eric Gordon ended up getting the ball and pushing it out to Russ. And three seconds later, because Russ can get up the floor faster than lightning still, um, made a driving layup. Put the Rockets up 100 to 98. At this point, I was like, yep, that's tough. We had a chance to, to make the basket and take the advantage, and now we're scrambling. Dennis Schroeder, literally nine seconds later, comes off of, off of a screen and is able to finish on the right side. Um, pretty easy, uncontested layup, which we've seen Schroeder do at opportune times. Um, throughout the entire season, which is why this five-man lineup that closed the game is the best uh, five-man lineup in all of basketball. Um, fight me. Statistics prove it. And it proved it again this game um, to tie it up. And then uh, the, the very next play, 17 seconds later, Russell Westbrook missed that mid-range shot. He completely airballed it. James Harden jumped and was able to save it, going, going out of bounds, threw it off Gallinari's leg, and gave the Rockets another chance. Um, you only had four, four seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah. and um, Yeah, and then they inbounded it. It was kind of a sloppy inbound. Um, Harden shot it, missed it. We got it back. Yeah. And then, you know, Chris Ball went to the other end. He got fouled. Replay showed that he did get scraped across the arm. Um, By Covington from behind. Yep, so Houston lost the timeout there. Clutch Paul hit both free throws, put us Mm -hmm. up by two. You know, and then, you know, so so the idea with Westbrook is, hey, don't call the timeout. Put the defense on their, you know, on skates. Put them on their heels. um, And then go ahead and try to – dictate the flow and dictate where where the weakness is which um, is what the rockets offense is anyway so that's a normal construct yeah. for what the rockets want to do anyway exactly but especially with westbrook because that's that's when he's at his mm-hmm. best um and so westbrook no timeout taken the ball got taken out directly to westbrook you know westbrook drives it and he had a, he had the right idea he drove it covington was open on the wing so he drove it in, he turned around, kicked it out. Unfortunately, he kicked it out a couple degrees to Covington's right. Just a bit outside. Just a bit outside, sailed out of bounds. And so, you know, right there, boom. That's almost ball game right there. We inbounded it to Gallinari. He hits two free throws. It's basically over. And I got to give D'Antoni credit 
because nobody's going to talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. That is Russell Westbrook's strength is being able to get out in the floor and, and go without having to call a timeout. Well, they just challenged, uh, there was a, a challenge or whatever, um, of, the, of the foul that Covington had against Chris Paul, and they lost it. Yeah. Um, but during that time, D'Antoni treated it like a normal timeout anyway and drew this play up. He talked about, they, they all talked about it. He said after the game, like they talked about it, and this is the play that they wanted. The, the players wanted this. And so instead of calling the timeout after the fact and letting everybody get set up, Russell Westbrook was able to get in the open floor. Like that's a great move by Dan Tony and a way to trust your players. And you got the play that you wanted. You actually got the look you wanted because Covington was wide open. Like Covington would have been able to shoot the three to put them up by one. Um, so it's a great move by Dan Tony that nobody's going to talk about. I got to give credit there. So it was a bad play. And then Danilo Gallinari gets it and hits two clutch free throws to put us up by four, and then that's curtains. So, and that, and that was curtain, but man, like, so on that last play, I know it's inconsequential. I know it doesn't, but you got like three point eight seconds left. Why are you and so that, far up on Harden? Why the hell are you jumping into him? Like, there, there, there was a possibility where that could have been called a foul. And he could have made it. Like, that's how good James Harden is. Larry Johnson against the Pacers back in the 90s. Why the hell are you even jumping? Like, just put your arms up. Just go like this. Stay on the ground. You know, Mm -hmm. don't do anything to prepare yourself forward. Like, but yeah, awesome. Great. We came out with the victory. Yeah, everybody was like, in in the group chat on Twitter was like, let's go. And, And all that stuff like, game seven, here we go. And I was getting texts like, game seven. And I'm like, we we still love to foul three point shooters. Like I'm not yes. I'm not celebrating until I see zeros and we and we're up. Like yeah. and it very well could have happened that way. When I saw how tight we were defending Harden on that that corner three, oh my gosh, I, I almost almost puked because <laughs> I just I could have seen it coming. And you think if that game went in overtime, like with them oh, making a four point play, like yeah, that that's it. Yeah, we lose it. But. Credit where credit's due. Clutch Paul came up huge. Dort, his 8-0 run to end the fourth quarter was huge. Danilo Gallinari getting us going in the third quarter after making that tech was huge. Like a lot of pivotal moments where OKC could have pushed it out. Dennis Schroeder had multiple opportunities to either make a layup in transition or hit a three to push us up and, and really open the floodgates, and it didn't work out. Houston counterpunched. And then we were able to weather the storm and make huge, huge plays on our own right. So, yes. OKC, you know, they, what do they say? In a series, they're, the two toughest wins are the first one and the last one. OKC, they, they played like a team that was desperate tonight. They played sloppy. They, they played dumb offensively at times but they locked in defensively for the most part and forced Houston to play a game that they didn't want to play. And then we were gifted by two really huge turnovers by Russell Westbrook with 90 something seconds left in the game. And now we're facing game seven on Wednesday. It's anybody's game. This is anybody's game. Like you say, with a game seven is anything can happen. Somebody could roll an ankle. 
you know, somebody could, you just never know. Somebody could get over emotional and get ejected. Just. Ah, uh, Dennis. No. Yeah. Keep, keep your hands down. Be calm. Keep your hands down. You, you and Chris, because Chris, he, he's done a couple of, uh, whoops, you know, but, uh, Man, this this team, man, this team is just. I this love this freaking team. team. This freaking team. I love this team. I love their fight. I love their gumption. Um, and I love their leader, man. I lo- I love Chris Paul. Is just like he's a different mm-hmm. dude, man. He's just like he's literally he's the leader of the NBA. Like he's like Chris, like, I, like uh, Charles Barkley says, he's the best. He's the best leader in the NBA. And you know we we've been so we've been so blessed to be gifted to to watch great leaders within our team like russell westbrook was a great leader in his own right you know he he was he's the he's the general that says hey march with me and i'm i'm going to that box so you follow me you know mm-hmm. chris paul is more of the strategic you know more of the pull you aside and say hey this is what you need to do this is what you need to look for so on and so forth um but we've been blessed as an organization to see these two guys you know come through our halls and just bless this team with leadership with just great basketball minds and it's it's been awesome to observe it's you know what for rebuild year it's been a hell of a run so far right yeah quite a quite a rebuild year like (laughs) at what point do you trade the guy who came in what third in mvp voting right Did, did paul paul george came in third and you trade second. or came in second excuse me and yeah. also was a was a, a runner-up for defensive player of the defensive year yeah. um you try to trade away a perennial all-star in russell westbrook who's been the face of the franchise um arguably you know people are saying two potentially top 10 definitely top 15 players in the nba mm-hmm. yeah. and yet let's let's do a little uh let's do a little walk down memory lane since the 2016 um, run ended, right? We had Russell Westbrook's MVP season. That was over what? In five games against the Rockets? Houston, yes. And then the very next year, we traded for Paul George. And Carmelo Anthony. And and we... um, Won two games against Utah. We were, were done in six against Utah and then done in six against the Blazers, right? Done in five. Excuse me. Done in five. So you mean to tell me that in the last three years we've had first round exits and we've never made it to game seven until the one year that we're rebuilding and we have 48,000 future firsts and Mm. we've got Shea Gilders Alexander. Against one of the teams that we're playing. Like against, against Russell Westbrook and James Harden who are uh, former Thunder players that'll always be cemented in that thirty for thirty what if scenario, right? And, and Jeff Green. Oh, uh, and Jeff Green, like, like what? Isn't Tabo technically on that roster too? He is. Yeah, he just he decided to he he opted out, but yes, he is on that roster also. Not like he'd be playing right now, anyway. But still, like that's yeah. that's pretty crazy, right? And, and Tyson Chandler, we had him for a day. Hey, you know what? And you know what? <laughs> oh, that foot, man. Like, who knows how different the history of the NBA looks if we actually follow through on that trade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, instead, we got Kendrick Perkins, 
and we know how kind of all that turned out. But anyway, um, more recent events. And thank you, Tyson Chandler, for missing your free throw when we called <laughs> you in game yeah. five. It didn't matter. Two free throws. Still, thank Two you. Two free throws. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's just pretty incredible. I know that they didn't have Russ until uh, game five. But I mean, in game five, it was an even series at that point. And so they won one and we won one. It doesn't matter that they blew us out and we had a narrow victory. You win the game, you win the game. Like, you don't get credit for margin of victory. You know, if we win the next one by one, if we win game seven by one, we advance. And congratulations, Houston. You scored more points than us in this series, but we're moving on. Like, just win this game and nothing else matters. So going into game seven on Wednesday, only two game sevens happened out of the first round, and both were in the Western Conference. That that Nuggets and Jazz series is going to be incredible to to see oh end tomorrow. Oh my gosh, Murray and Mitchell. It, it, it's not. Like, it's not. It's not the Nuggets and the Jazz. It's Murray versus Mitchell. That's it. And that that's I all. Mean, this, that's just, all the series is. You know what? Just line them both up and say play to twenty one. Right. Like exactly. It, it's exactly. y'all. And give me give and me a one on one to twenty one. Just twos and, you know, ones and twos. Anything inside the arc is a one. Anything outside the arc is a two. Let's go. And they're still going to be able to shoot plenty of twos. Like, these call, guys call have been, your Call the, your own fouls. The efficiency that I've seen between two players in a series, I don't think I've ever seen two players go at it in a series like this. I mean, like, Murray has basically marginalized what was like a preseason – dark horse MVP pick in Jokic. Like, do, do you even realize that Jokic is in the series? Uh, Not at all. I mean, game game two I did, and that's been about it. Yeah. Like, it's been, it's been rough um, on him this series. Not just because of Gobert, but just because the wing play and the pace has kind of paced him out of it a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's forced Murray to play out of his mind. I mean, you don't hit 60-something percent from behind the three-point line um, if you're not playing unconscious with Space Jam-level monster Oops. skill. Like, it's redonkulous what these two guys are doing. And, like, they're just trading 50-point games like it's nothing. I know this it's is it's a not- Thunder podcast, but, like, That's a hell holy of a crap. This yeah. is a – like, if this series went – 11 games if it went 13 games like we would probably see another four 50 point games what, out of these two and what sucks about it is like in a game seven you know spinksters tighten up a little bit and oh my god Ugh. you know we, we we probably will not see like a 40 to 50 point game between the two we'll probably see like they'll probably have like 20 24 points each they'll probably shoot like 30 percent you know, it's, it, it'll be that kind of game, but still, this series has been amazing. Like, those two, like, I, I literally think that Mitchell's play forced Murray to play the way that he's playing now. Yeah, so I know statistically, like, it's really tough to get 50 points. Like, I get that, right? Like, traditionally, that's that's true. If you had to put your house on zero, on nobody scoring 50 or more in game seven... <laughs> Like you might do it, but you would you would you would throw up about fourteen times right before tip off. Yeah, you would. 
like it's that's just how this is going, which is how stupid the offense has been and how pitiful the defense has been in this series, but super efficient. So real quick, I know it's a Thunder podcast. How do you think this thing ends? Three to three, uh, Nuggets Jazz, who is moving on to play the Clippers? Uh, I think the – so in, in a game like this, I, I think the, the depth of Denver helps them out. You know, I, I think – Utah had their chance, man. Utah had momentum. They had their chance. Then they allowed Murray to kind of go off, and he's gotten confidence. And even even though Mitchell has continued his dominance, um, I think the rest of the Nuggets have kind of gained a little bit more confidence as the series series has gone on. Um, because this was this was destined to be like a big flame out by the Nuggets. They're they're the number three seed, you know, and and Utah's the number six seed. Yeah. Um, so Utah went in there in the first four games and just completely dominated them. Um, and, you know, I, I think now that momentum shift has gone all the way towards Denver's side. Um, I think Denver has found something that works for them big time. Um, and so I think, I think Denver wins a close one um, going away. Yeah, I, I just – I can't bet against Murray at this point. Like, I think the dude at least scores 40, and it wouldn't surprise me to hear he scored 50 in game seven. Yeah. The guy is so incredibly locked in, and and he's he's getting after it. There's no apprehension. Like, I don't I don't see him shying away from the moment. I think all the minimum momentum is in for Denver right now after having been down 3-1. Like, they're playing with house money at this point. And they're playing to win. And I think like Utah for the last game and a half has been playing not to lose. And so when you're, they're backpedaling and when you start playing that way, you get tight and you can lose a series. I know being up three, one, like I know what the stats say, but most of those stats don't show games going to seven. Like game seven is, it's why game seven in the NBA is in, and game seven in the NHL is pretty damn good too. But like, in the NBA game seven, there's, there's kind of nothing like it. And so I just, that's really cool. And I'm, I'm glad to see just both of those teams duke it out because our division is really tough. And I know divisions don't mean anything in the NBA, but both of those teams are really good. And the Nuggets could have been a two seed going into the playoffs uh, within the last week. Um, just couldn't get it done. But they uh, yeah, they had some injuries. Gary Harris is back. I don't think they get Barton back. Um, for game seven, but um, Harris coming back and he, he's a, another defender to throw at Conley or to throw at Mitchell. So I like Denver, long story short, I like Denver to, to win that game uh, and go play the Clippers. And then game seven, what is your prediction for the Thunder and the Rockets? Game <laughs> Going back to Houston, quote unquote, um, quote unquote. for game seven. Uh, you know, so, so one of the biggest – Royce Young brought this up at the end of the game is how passive James Harden was at the end of that game. Like, James Harden was not fighting to get the ball. He was, he was basically doing what Kevin Durant used to do, where he would just kind of, like, faint and kind of, like, be like, hey, give me the ball. Oh, there's a defender here. Oh, I can't – you know, I can't, I can't get away from him. You know, he has me in this bubble. Um, 
And so, you know, Westbrook kind of had to do sometimes what he had to do. And so that causes him to sometimes get into positions uh, that are not his strength. And, um, and so I don't know, man, I, I, I think, I think Houston's kind of in a weird place right now. Like, do, do you not play Westbrook? Do you, you know, you have to go with the horses that got you there. Um, and so, you know, Westbrook, it's the pressure's all on them. Mm-hmm. They're the Houston Rockets. They're the ones that are supposed to be contending for championships. The pressure's all on them, not on us. Um, yeah. and so we're, we're just a rebuilding team, just little old measly yeah. OKC, Z- the five seed OKC. Yeah, 0.2%. So I think the pressure's all on them. Um, they've been there before. So I will say that they have been mm-hmm. there before. Um, and they, they've experienced these types of games. Um, screw it. OKC. Close <laughs> game. Let's go. Yeah. So like, obviously I think Houston's going to come out swinging early. I think they're going to try to get Russ involved early, um, to kind of shake off some of that stuff. Harden, it wouldn't surprise me if you saw Harden take like three threes, probably within the first five minutes of that game, just to kind of assert himself also. If OKC can start hot and we could get a 10-point lead early and start building some momentum, it's the Rockets are going to start pressing and they're going to start making bad things happen for themselves. Like I, th- I think yeah. all we have to finally start a game hot for a change. I, and I, I, think, I, go back, I go back to game seven against the Warriors, um, not us, uh, Rockets versus Warriors a couple years ago, where mm. wasn't it, didn't they miss like 27, 27 threes in a row? Threes. And, you know, so that kind of pressure right there, like if OKC is able to build up, not even 10, 10, 10 is a beautiful round number. Let's say a seven to eight point lead early in the game. You know, you're going to start to see players pressing. You're going to start to see P.J. Tucker maybe shooting that three that doesn't go in. You're going to start to see, you know, Eric Gordon fumble the ball away like he has in this whole series. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to start to see that. And so if OKC, I think if OKC is able to do that, they put immense pressure on Houston. Um, man, I, I, have, you, have you even thought about that, Matty? Like, us moving on to the second round against the Lakers. Like, that would just be crazy. That would just be. I mean, before the restart, or right as the restart was getting ready to happen, I did put $100 on the Thunder to win the championship. So I thought about it. <laughs> um, and that'll be a nice payday. Uh, yeah, I might, a tremendous payday. I might, I might pay for some, uh, some nice fried chicken or something when, when we do a Thunder meetup. Was there it anchor go. down or something like, yeah. So like get, get going there and, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make that happen. If I get that kind of a payday, we'll, <laughs> we'll do the, the, the faux parade together or whatever, whatever the parade day would it be. So yeah, I've thought about OKC against the Lakers and as scary as that is, I know we got game seven to get through, but like we can do it, man. Like this is a team. I haven't felt like this much hope and excitement for a team since the team that got knocked out by Pau Gasol on a tip in uh, OKC playing against the Lakers. Like, and that was the champs. Like we had a chance, like that squad 
was young and dumb enough to not understand that that stage was that big. Mm-hmm. Like our team now is just that good. Like we, we can match up against anyone and hold our own. So I'm not, if we get through Houston, like bring on the Lakers, yeah. that's fine. Um, I think that OKC Donovan doesn't like to shake a whole lot up, but I see a really quick leash for Dort. And I think that probably in game seven, we see Schroeder a little earlier than we normally would. I think Dort probably plays the first three or four minutes and then we get Schroeder in and then we run that. And then we bring in, we, then we basically just bring Dort back in uh, when Harden comes back in after his first break to start the second quarter. Here's a a little bit of a wrinkle that I saw. Um, Dort guarded Westbrook sometimes Mm -hmm. and did a pretty good job on him. Um, And so bigger body, still athletic, still, you know, can keep up with him speed-wise. So, I mean, that may be something that gets thrown out there. Like, if if you feel comfortable with Schroeder being um, being on Harden, I mean, you can keep Dort out there and kind of keep him out there to distract Westbrook. So, uh, Wednesday. Do we, do we have the time yet? Uh, let me look that up. But my prediction is OKC wins 110 to 107 Ooh. on Wednesday. I'm going to go 105 to 98 OKC. 105 to – dang, that's a good substantial win for OKC. That is. I think, I think if that if we got to that point, I would probably have to seek physician assistance because four hours would pass by, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, a little something something there. So uh, the game <laughs> is going to be at eight p.m. Central slash Oklahoma City time Ooh. on All Wednesday. Right. We are the late game, so Miami Milwaukee is the early game, similar to tonight. Which Miami won the first game. Miami won the first game, and guess what? I've been saying Miami's going to the finals for months now. So there we go. Um, OKC in Houston, 8 p.m. Central on ESPN. Wow. So still someone's login or whatever, but it's going to be we, – we probably get Mike Breen and we Doris Burke. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> so get ready. I'm hype. I'm so excited. Oh gosh, I'm ready for this yes. thing to freaking go. Um the Thunder still have more basketball to play. Yep. Yes, they do. If they win, if they win Wednesday, they will have matched the same amount of playoff W's as the last three seasons. Combined. Combined. Let that sink in a little bit. Let that, you know, it, it hurts a little bit, but yeah. This little team right here, this little rebounding team. Yeah. Reposition and replenish. And just, just, I mean, uh, just imagine the dominoes that happens in Houston if we knock them out. Do we have draft picks of theirs coming up? Oh, yes. Oh, no, not coming up. Like, I think uh, 2021 is the first. So, I think, I think it's a pick swap in 2021. Mm. But still, mm. it's coming. It's coming. And then, and then a couple of mostly protected, what, like outside of top three protected? Uh, top four. Top four? So yeah. it's like things got to go monumentally bad for us to not acquire those picks. So they can go bad, just not too bad. 
But uh, yo, that's pretty dope. Um, could we have could we have drew this up any better to start the season? No, I don't think so. I I know that we had our we had our uh, our tank or no tank, and it was me and Dolan on one side, and it was everybody else on the other. And it was almost like we pulled the short straw because we we really wanted to to play that exercise out. This worked out exactly the way that we that we said we needed it to. We just oh didn't gosh. we just didn't get to keep our first round pick, but we we're really close. It came down to the very end. We almost got to keep our first rounder and make the playoffs, which is incredible. Um, almost threaded the needle, um, but that's it. So we're we predict we're going to move on. OKC winning game seven. Let's freaking go. Let's you go. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners as we wrap up game six? Not at all, man. Like this team, like this, this game speaks for itself. Just the, the gumption and the, uh, the fight that this team has, man. Just it's an awesome team. It's an awesome team. And I haven't felt like this during a basketball game in years. Um, as far as like my heart palpitations and the adrenaline going through, you know, going through my body. Um, it was just, it was awesome, man. It was, it was awesome. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we get a little bit of that on, on Wednesday, but you know what, if we lose, it's all good too. That's the beautiful thing. That's, that's, that's what I've always said about this, se- this season. This season is like the Lego song. Everything is awesome. No matter everything what is cool when you're part of a team, right? Exactly. Everything <laughs> is cool when you're part of the team. Yes. That's that's what I'm talking about. So, like, optimism either way. Uh, shout out to Jerry for putting out the positivity porcupine. Uh-huh. We needed it right right when we uh, right when we needed it. He pushed it out. So, thank you, Jerry. Uh, for all the guys on the OKC Topic Thunder podcast, I'm Maddie Moles. With Alex Roy saying, uh, wear your mask, wash your hands, uh, ball when you can. And as always, thunder up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.